welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday episode of the show, the last one of the business week. Of course, we will have one before, during, and after on Sunday when the Bucks play the Packers. A very highly touted matchup between two very talented teams. Obviously, everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And one of the things we're going to be asking and answering today is, can the Bucks beat the Packers without Mike Evans? Of course, the Bucks star wide receiver, future Hall of Famer, and guaranteed Bucks Ring of Honor member, the greatest offensive player in team history, uh, got suspended for this week after getting in an altercation with Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints uh, last Sunday. So they'll be out without their top player. Uh, I should mention that I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is J.C. Allen, also PeterReport.com, and JC, it's going to be a very fun game on Sunday, but doesn't feel like either side is 100%. No, no. I mean, there's injuries. That injury report that came out yesterday was a mile long for the Bucs. Uh, and, and there's some key injuries that the that the Packers are dealing with, too. So this could be another one of those games, Maddie, where it's a slow, grinded out, low scoring. Maybe they get into the 20s. Um, each team could potentially get there, but it feels like the way that the Packers have been playing this season, the way the Bucks have been playing with all these injuries, it seems like it's going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out defensive battle again. Could be a little bit low, uh, but one thing that'll bring everything up, of course, is drinking a Celsius energy drink, the providing sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, as you see on the screen there. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Arctic vibe. They got so many different flavors from the tropical peach vibe as well. Uh, you can get the sparkling watermelon, kiwi guava, so many different awesome flavors. Seven essential vitamins, and that's the key there because this is a healthier energy drink. There's no crash or post-energy drink jitters. Um, it's all it, – it's the best energy drink that's you know that you can find. Uh, so go to the store locator. Find out where you can get a Celsius near you, whether it's a local store, gas station, uh, Walmart, bodega, whatever it is. Make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. And, of course – if you want to buy them in bulk, I'd recommend getting the Variety Pack. Variety is the spice of life. You can get that on Amazon. Have it shipped to your house or apartment every two weeks. That's Celsius Energy, hashtag Celsius, live fit. JC, it was a very busy day at the Advent Health Training Center, also known as One Buck. But I like saying the Advent Health Training Center because they paid for the advertisement. They should get the uh, the, the name recognition. Right. Uh, we heard from Tom Brady. We heard from Byron Leftwich. We obviously spoke to some players in the locker room, including Joe Try and Shoyanka, and left tackle Donovan Smith, who practiced for the first time in over a week. Now, remember, Donovan got hurt in week one against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, got hurt in the second quarter, so did not play the rest of that game, and obviously was held out on uh, last Sunday against the Saints. Did not practice Wednesday, but he was out there today. He had a brace on his arm we spoke to him after practice and we'll get to that in just a moment but jc i think just having donovan smith on the field and it's not a guarantee that he's going to play on sunday but just seeing him fight back to go and and get healthy to try to attempt to play this game or maybe next week against kansas city that's always a positive sign and i think you know when you see a player come back it, it brings like a little extra energy to everyone around you yeah, especially Donnie. He's got that charisma. You know, you saw it yeah. in, the, in the interviews, you know, with his little jokes and stuff that he brings. But, you know, if he can go this week, that's a huge plus. Um, 
the good news is, as Bull said, they can't further injure, you know, injure this injury. <laughs> further, do you know, further damage to the damage, injury. Da damage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, cause any <laughs> further injury to his injury, whatever. Um, and it's all about a pain tolerance thing. So if he can, yeah, uh, you know, if he feels he can be at least 85, 90%, cause I mean, let's face it. Unfortunately, the bucks are dealing with injuries when you're in December, January guys are at 85, 90%, you, you know, that's just the way it is. They're banged up from the season. So if he can play at that level early, you know, coming back from that injury, then I think he gives it a go, but Brennan Walton stepped up, but having Donovan Smith out there is huge for the line, the chemistry, um, having them out there, as like you said, his charismatic, his, his charismatic appeal to the to the guys in the locker room, and then he was the top left tackle in the league, very quietly a top left tackle in the league, ranked six out of all all, all tackles with nine hundred snaps or more in PFF, um, and, and his presence will be huge if it's there. It will be missed as well, but if Brandon Walton can put together another game like he did last week, I think they can get by one more week, and then you know maybe he tools up for the Chiefs. By the way, speaking of offensive linemen, we will have a guest in a little bit on this show. It is former Packers and Panthers all-pro offensive guard Mike Wall. Played for the Packers and Panthers, as I just mentioned. And uh, he has a Packers podcast on the uh, Believe Podcast Network. So we're excited to have him on a little bit later. We'll get his thoughts on the Packers, what he's seen watching them. But getting back to Donovan Smith, and you mentioned Brandon Walton. Donovan Smith was extremely complimentary of Brandon Walton. So we spoke to him in the locker room. Obviously, the first thing we want to know was how is he feeling? What was it like being back? And no, he actually gave a, a truly honest and genuine answer. I almost felt bad for him a little bit when he talked about how it felt um, watching the game and not being on the field and playing because this is a guy that's an Ironman. I believe it's only his third game that he's ever missed. So he's right. not used to being in this position. So his quotes were felt good to get back out there to be with the squad. You have kind of a thing that goes on when you're out, you feel like you're worthless. I feel good to be back out there. So yeah, I mean, it's very tough to relate with uh, an NFL player, but just the, the feeling of like not having control of a situation, mm. I think is extremely difficult. So I, I respected what he had to say there because he was genuinely honest about just how much it hurt him, not not physically, but emotionally, how much it hurt him not really being able to play. And then here's what he had to say about Brandon Walton. Obviously, he was watching the game uh, when the Bucks took on the Saints. He said, it's unfortunate that Josh, talking about Josh Wells, got hurt, but, and he's talking about Brandon Walton, did a great job stepping in, holding his own. Brandon's kind of been a swing guy inside and out. To be able to go out there and do it in a high level, be able to take the coaching, you got to be able to evolve and adapt in this league. And to be able to do many things that he can do, he moves well, works well for his corner, get paid, my boy. I like that part mm -hmm. at the end. Always uh, mm -hmm. always lobbying for his fellow teammates. Uh, then he went on to say, you plug the next guy in, everybody has to do, everyone has a job to do regardless of who's in there or what's going on. For him to be able to step in with the guys and not lose any gel or things like that, it was pretty cool. Like I said, it just boils down to what we do. Five guys on the same page, top to bottom, and we're good. Yeah, I think part of the part of the reason why he kind of fit seamlessly in there as well was because he was taking snaps next to Gedeke in, in camp as well. So they had that yeah. communication kind of established a little bit. And it's always nice to see, you know, get paid for sure. I mean, Josh Wells 
isn't getting any younger entering the last year. If he can, if he's got to go this week and has another game like he did against the uh, the Saints, then he could be the the team's you know future swing tackle. And that comes with a a little bit of a higher price tag than what yeah. he's currently making now. So you know, keep balling. We do have a speaking of price tags, we've got a couple super chats. Yes, here, yeah, you read my mind. I was about to get to that. Thank you, Giovanni, for the five dollars super chat. Uh, he says one bright side on the Evans suspension is that he gets to heal up the calf more and be ready to go next week. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thank you so much yeah. for the uh, the kind words. And you know what? Way to find silver lining in that. Obviously, you'd rather have Mike Evans out there. Um, he was dealing with the calf injury last week. Uh, he, of course, was able to play. And, you know, they don't get much tougher than Mike Evans. But that is true. I, I actually was thinking, J.C., Obviously, one of the big things around Mike Evans is the fact that he's had the most consecutive seasons with a thousand yards to start out his career. And I was thinking like, oh, man, this kind of, um, you know, puts him in jeopardy a little bit by missing a game. Anytime you miss a game or miss time, um, you know, it could affect it. But then I was also thinking, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but I just have that feeling that with Julio Jones, it's going to be. A will he or won't he like every single week? We've already experienced it. It's been two weeks. He's played in one game. We don't know if he's going to participate. Uh, he We did not see him out there at practice today, although it was it, it's very possible he could have came out after it. But, right. you know, he didn't practice yesterday on his – it was a scheduled day off. But with the way that the receiver room's going, I actually think Mike has a better chance to get 1,000 yards than maybe he would have last year or the year before when he talked about – a healthier room until the end of the season and with um you know like Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin was very healthy where this year it's like Russell Gage hamstring issue doesn't look like himself Julio missed a game um obviously a lot of other injuries going on so that was one thing that really stood out to me he can get healthier but his 1000 yards while could be in jeopardy the way the receiver room is going um once he's back i think he's just going to pop off like he usually does yeah, I've been getting a lot of heat because people saying that I jinxed it with my bold predictions. Um, but I think, <laughs> you know, I think that you make a lot of good points there. But I think you can make a counterpoint to that and saying, well, he doesn't have guys like Antonio. He doesn't have Chris Godwin there to open things up. He's going to be receiving a majority of the double coverage if he's the guy. If you have him out there, then you have Rashad Perriman, Scotty Miller, you know, even Cole Beasley out there. He's getting the double coverage. There's no way around it. So, you know, I. It's good that he has, you know, and I'll get into why I think the Bucks can beat him, uh, beat the Packers without Mike Evans mm -hmm. uh, with some stats and stuff like that. But I think it is good that he gets to gets this week to rest and get that cap fully healthy because you need <laughs> you need healthy bodies in the wide receiver position. You're picking up guys off the street. You know, Jules is a little hurt that he didn't get a phone call over Cole Beasley. He, yeah. That phone call still might come. <laughs> you know, same thing with OBJ. I mean, if this team can't get healthy at wide receiver, and and someone made a good point up here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh, Do Flex Machina says, why is it the Bucks injuries are concentrated in position groups? We saw it last year with the cornerback yeah. and the wide receiver. Now this year it's offensive line and wide receiver. So, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys there, and hopefully uh, a, a week off, you know, will help further, further help his recovery process. But we also have another super chat from Leo uh, Gallimara. He says, 49, thank you very much. Leo says, I think people are overreacting to the Packers beating an awful Bears team. 
I think Walton was better than Wells, and I think our defense does. Uh, I think our defense does the job. I think that's what he was trying to say there. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on um, you know Walton? Do you think he looked better than Wells last week? It's tough to say because it's a small sample size, and you know we've seen Josh Wells start on this team. He obviously is is their go to guy. Um, I think what Walton was able to do was exactly what you know everyone wanted. You know the fact that he was able to just come in out of the blue, and I think that was part of it. Scott and I were talking about this yesterday. The fact that he didn't have any time to think and just had to go out there and start playing. Sometimes that's almost better for someone, you know, coming off the sidelines because if you know you're starting and we'll see if that affects him this week when you know you're starting unless Donovan Smith is back, but you have a night to sleep it over. Think about it. Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? It could really, you know, impact someone in one way over another. So that's something I'll definitely be looking at this week. We'll find out whether or not Donovan Smith is going to play. Remember, they they held the, the door open last week for a possibility. It was doubtful of course, and then Walton ended up getting in the game when Josh Wells was injured. But I, I think you have to leave it open again, especially with, with Donovan practicing this week. Right, yeah. I think, you know, with with these big men, they come in and they just push people around and, you know, they're trying to protect their booty, you know, and their booty is their quarterback, you know. And I think, you know, if they've got that mentality of protecting the guy and know what's at stake here, then I think everything's going to be good. JC, you're talking a little bit like a pirate right now, which uh, is a great segue because the official beer of PeterReport.com and the Peter Report podcast, of course, is Pirate Republic, as you see on the screen right here. Uh, Peter Report is very excited to announce that Pirate Republic is the official beer of PeterReport.com. It's brewed in Nassau, Bahamas, but is now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, a sense of belonging. A Pirate Republic community is uh, people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite, is perfect mm. for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Take No Quarter is the best IPA you'll drink. And drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy the pirate life. Uh, Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and it's expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer. And JC is rocking the Pirate Republic. Yes, sir. There you go. What do you got? The Belgian wit there? Belgian wit. A little Belgian wit. I'm Very almost out of everything else, so I got to start drinking. I got that. I got the most Belgian wit, so I got to start, you know, <laughs> down in those a little bit, so I can keep my other ones until I re up. Yeah, it's never a bad idea, especially to have a Pirate Republic uh, during the Pewter Game Day, which of course will be at the Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel, starting at two thirty, and uh, the live in-game stream with myself and Paul Atwell Atwall, sorry, will be going on at four twenty-five. We'll get to more of that. A little bit later on the show, but we are very lucky right now to be joined by former Packers and Panthers all pro offensive guard. It is Mike Wall. Mike, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Man, you are, and I appreciate you announcing the last name correctly. <laughs> it's not Wale. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a Wally. lot. Wally. Wally. <laughs> 
Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you have a Packers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, before we get into, you know, Bucks Packers, can you just tell us, you know, what's it like being an NFL player? Uh, <laughs> obviously, you you played at a very high level, reaching the All Pro status. But um, just speak a little bit about your career and uh, what led you getting into uh, the the podcast game post career. Well, first of all, playing the NFL is awesome. I don't know if there's any other, just very simply, it's awesome. Uh, I was one of those kids that I thought I was going to be a pro athlete when I was like, I just remember I, I had a third grade paper. What are you going to be when you grow up? And the teacher gave it back to me, like find something more realistic, like like be a lawyer, you know, everyone looked lawyer or doctor. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm going to take the bad grade, man. This is what I'm going to do. And uh, I, I got to live out my dream. That's not very many people can say that. So I, I feel extremely lucky to have been part of that, uh, part of the National Football League. Uh, I, I got back, I got into podcasting just kind of randomly. I was actually doing it when COVID hit. I was working with a bunch of athletes and trying to find a way to connect with them and their parents, you know, aspiring athletes and professionals alike. And um, started doing that a little bit just to connect with some people. And through that, I, I think Believe Network called me up and, and said, hey, do you want to do a, a podcast with one of your best friends from your playing days, Amon Green? I said, how would I not want to do that? And, you know, talk talk football for a couple hours a day. That's Certainly nothing wrong with that, guys, right? Absolutely not, no. Could not agree, could not agree with you more. Uh, so as we look at this Bucks packers matchup, I'm just curious with the Packers, what is it about week one over the past couple of years that they just completely fall flat on, on their faces and just, you know, don't, don't really get anything going in week one and then obviously start turning things around in week two? Are we going to see more of the Packers that we saw in week two? come this week again against the Bucks, or is it also a little bit of, well, they played the Chicago bears and now it's a much more formidable opponent. It's a, it's a lot that we played the Chicago bears and now we're going to play a, this will probably be, you know, it's early in the season, but you look at these, the road to the Super Bowl. I think at least in the minds of, of the organizations probably goes through Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, green Bay, you know, maybe there's another NFC team there, but I, you know, I think when those three teams kind of look at each other, that's who we're that's who we're thinking about as far as we're gonna have to play you guys again. Um, I don't know why they start slow. I, I I think a lot of it has to do with our our new reality of training camp and not playing your 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 starters very often in yeah. training camp, not getting that that continuity um, or that game experience, especially when you're you're kind of coming into the the season as we are with a bunch of young receivers. You know, I, it was interesting this year for the first time because Devontae is not there anymore. All anybody wanted to talk about was the draft picks. And it's like our three starters aren't the draft picks. Our three starters are Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and Randall yeah. Cobb, plus Robert Tony, Mercedes Lewis, our backs. Those are our name guys. But because you never see them, it's like what happens? You see the door Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, and they're exciting to watch, but you see them on the practice field, and that's who people are going to talk about. But <clears throat> excuse me. As far as as far as starting slow, guys, I don't know what the answer is there. I'm sure if you know if I have a, a lot of theories on how an athlete needs to get ready for the season and, and kind of, you know, the Greek art, Greek philosopher, Achillicus, you, you don't rise to the occasion you fall to the level of your training. I think there's something to be said about that on the team level as well. But um, last week it wasn't, you know, that was kind of like a B minus game against uh, probably a C minus team. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say D, but that was very yeah. kind of you. Yeah. And well, yeah. D plus. I, meet in the I still have friends in Chicago, Yeah, but, uh, but, and I think that's, this week will be a much better test, even though I know on your side there's, where there's a lot of injuries as well. This will be a great test, I think, for both teams. You mentioned those, that receiving group. What have you seen from those guys? Obviously, Sammy Watkins is the new guy. Lazard's been there. Cobb's been there. 
uh, and then the two rookies who have been raved about all offseason, you know, with Christian we Watson. Loved, we loved Christian loved Watson. We were hoping he he's, a, he's a Tampa guy. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I could see why. Listen, it's I, here's what I think about like receivers coming out of, of college. If you're one of those guys that goes to a small school and all of a sudden you're like six four and run a four three eight, I'm I love you because when you got <laughs> because when you got there you probably had a you know claw and scratch to to get somewhere you probably weren't the that kind of athlete so mm. you're probably bringing a lot of good habits with you you're you're going to win on your behaviors and it just so happens your physical catching up because let's be honest guys if he was six five ran a four three in out of high school, school dude's going to Ohio State right like he's, yeah, like he's not going to North Dakota State so. Uh, yeah, we're we're big, you know, we're big believers that he's going to develop into a good player. I think everybody around the organization is as well as Dobbs. Dobbs kind of he didn't come out of nowhere, but he had a preseason that I think everybody thought Watson was going to have. Right. Um, but when you really look at this receiving core, I think it it starts with Al Lazard and everything he means to the offense, even outside of catching passes. He's probably our second best non lineman blocker after Mercedes Lewis. He gets his he gets his hands dirty in the run game like you wouldn't believe. Any running back or lineman know that you know running backs don't have big games unless receivers block. And this guy is willing right. to stick his head in against anybody. Uh, he's he can be a deep threat. He can be a number one receiver. Look, if you have the confidence of a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you've done your homework and you've put the time in. So we're we're really hopeful that he kind of develops into the player that Aaron sees. And then Sammy, listen. Sammy was a top 10 draft pick. He's just been hurt a lot. I mean, he was great yeah. early on when he was with Buffalo and Tyrod Taylor. Like he put up some big numbers. I was working in Miami at the time. Like I, I have nightmares about that guy. But <laughs> when you get, you know, when you when you have that injury history, your, your your value goes down and down and down. And hopefully we're catching him on upswing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the way people perceive you too changes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was actually saying the other day, it feels like with Sammy Watkins, you know, he was the the high draft pick as as you mentioned. It just always seems like, you know, he's been a good player, but he hasn't reached that, like, superstar level that I think a lot of us really expected when when he, uh, you know, right. first came into the league. Obviously, you talk about the weapons that the Packers have and at Aaron Rodgers' disposal. I think the, the, the top two that they really have, of course, is those running backs, and not just yeah. with Aaron Jones and, and uh, Dylan running the ball, but, you know, you look at the distribution of, of the, the targets and – they're like at the top with the Packers. I really see kind of a, a mirror image between what Brady and the Bucks offense are going to do this week and what the Packers are going to do. And that's just run the, the crap out of the ball because obviously the Packers were so effective on Sunday night against the Bears. And the one thing the Bears kind of did okay at was running the ball running against the, the ball. Packers. So I think with the injuries that the Bucks have at receiver, yeah, with yeah. the injuries <laughs> that the Bucks have at receiver, and, you know, obviously, with Devontae Adams not there, you're going to rely on your strongest suits. I see just a, a big running game muck it up in the trenches uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that, that certainly could happen. I think after watching last week's game a couple of times, uh, talking about the New Orleans game now, Akeem Hicks is a monster player for you guys. We know him from Chicago, how good he is. And, yeah. and he was he was motivated. Like, Nadam Kinsu came into Tampa motivated, right? He, Akeem Hicks came into Tampa motivated to kind of fulfill his potential because he sees the Super Bowl as the end of the rainbow here. And so him not being in the in the game plan right now, I think is a is a real detriment to the Bucks defense. He was making a difference on that line, whether it was beating guys one on one or, or or commanding double teams. Um I think you guys have the best pair of linebackers in the league still. You know, some people might argue there's some other guys, but to me, Levante David and Devin White are just unbelievable players. 
Um, so, so uh, from a football intelligence standpoint, their their ability to to diagnose and communicate uh, different plays, their their ability to, to have an effect in the run in the pass game, and the way that Todd Bowles dials up blitzes and dogs and bringing like eight people to the line of scrimmage, you don't know who's going to show up, and those guys do such a good job of disguising it. Week one, I think in particular, was, there was a play with Vontae that that he they both lined up in the B gap and he disguised it and and got home. They're just like I. That reminds me of my playing days when I was playing against Erlacher and Lance Briggs. Those guys up in Chicago. Um, mm. They're just super, super talented. The secondary is incredible. So you know, if you're played in, it's happened before where you know Aaron has come out and said, "Look, Todd Bowles' defenses are really give me a hard time because there's so many guys at the line of scrimmage, and things are happening really fast." So because of that, like we hope we can get you know. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, healthy, healthy doses of the football, both in the run and the short pass game. Otherwise, you get into the situation where our offensive line isn't completely shored up yet. We're still kind of trying to figure some things out. And now you're dialing up against, you know, arguably the number one defense in the league. Right. And you mentioned Bowles being so creative. He had one play last week. He dropped back Vita Vea and Joe trying to shrink in coverage and had, you know, everybody else on the line go. So there's definitely different looks and things that he can give it. And that's one thing that you guys have a positive there is Aaron Rodgers. He's not easily fooled, but for some for some reason, the Bucks have been able to to not only fool him, but to also have him make mistakes and, yeah. you know, multiple interceptions the last couple of games. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. How has he looked this year at, at ball control, going through his reads and working with some of those young wide receivers? We know he's been utilizing those guys in the backfield, but as far as Aaron Rodgers, the decision maker, does he look like that MVP type, type player throughout the first two games? Well, yes, because it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, it, that would be like, you know, Tom Brady's kind of experiencing the same thing, right? You have some guys that aren't necessarily exactly on the same page. And we got to remember there's the NFL offense. There's the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, and then there's the Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady offense. And yeah. those, like, <laughs> do you want a bachelor's degree? Do you want a master's? Or do you want a PhD? And in order to really flourish with those guys, you better be a PhD level student in their offense. And we just, we're just not there as a consequence of time in the system, as a consequence of your age, age, uh, as far as these rookies, Sammy Watkins not being there for long enough, not really having a, a guy that's been a number one receiver in the number one receiver spot, our tight ends coming off injury. Like there's some components that just take a little bit of time. I think what you would, what Aaron would tell you uh, is probably the same. You know, maybe there's some throws that he could have back. Maybe there's some decisions he could have made that are different, but the reality is you're kind of making do with where you're at in the present as best you can and just expecting that we're going to continue to develop during the year. Another thing you guys have, you know, struggled in the past with is, is protecting Aaron. Um, you know, not just him making some bad plays. <laughs> nine sacks in two games, you know, nine sacks in two games. Nine sacks and eight picks in four. Yeah, man. It's been tough. <laughs> you know, what do, uh, what's going on with that offensive line? Bakhtiari, he's been limited in practice here a little bit. What, what's what been going on with that offensive line? Bakhtiari, yeah, he's like? not playing. He's been out for like, you know, a year and a half. And yeah. we're just kind of hoping that he's, he's been such a great player for Green Bay and, and he's been such a good player in the league that you just hope that, you know, mentally he's doing okay because this has got to be incredibly difficult for him. Right. We just got back Elton Jenkins, but he's playing right tackle, which is a new position for him. And so we've kind of – we started in this Minnesota game, and you have Josh Nyman, who's not our starting tackle, playing left tackle. Yeah. And you have uh, Royce Newman, who played guard last year, starting at right tackle, versus Zadarius Smith and Daniil uh, Hunter. That's a problem, right? And they and they just created problems. And then we – because 
our right tackle, our right guard is at right tackle. We have a new right guard. Z comes inside, gets a sack at right guard. Like those things just start kind of happening. Our receivers aren't on the same page. The timing's off. Like the thing about offense, as you guys well know, it's not just that the protection breaks down. It's that the protection breaks down. There's nowhere to go or, or, you know, there's nowhere to go. And so then the protection breaks down. There's a lot of different things that happened, especially during the, the first couple of games, but we will get better, I think, technically. Last year, I think Adam Stenovich, who's now the offensive coordinator, was the offensive line coach. And he did a masterful job of, you know, turning lemon into lemonade as far as a lot of guys were injured last year as well. And we played at an extremely high level. Um, Devontae was probably part of that, maybe more so than we'd like to admit. But certainly he got those guys playing at a very high level up front. So my expectation is that they just continue to improve. And again, again, playing against the Bucks defense because they bring so many guys like – yeah, as you guys know, man, nobody's wor- honestly nobody's worried about your front four. Like we're not game playing. <laughs> I mean, Shaq Barrett's a good player. Hicks was a good player. Vita's a good player. Like nobody's game planning for those guys. Like this isn't Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice. Like yeah. we're game planning for your linebackers, your slot blitzes, your corner blitzes. Like that's what you're worried about. You're not. If if it was like four on four, it'd be like, all right, let's just play. We're good. Yeah, you know, well, that's that's been one of the 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 one of the focal points for the Bucks. Like in the off season, is that they wanted to get a better pass rusher up front, like in the middle to, you know, stave off some of those double teams that they're getting on the outside. So that's why they drafted Logan Hall. And obviously that's why they, they signed Hicks. And I really like what you said about Devin White and Levante Dave, because one thing that the Bucs have really been successful at, you saw it last week against New Orleans, is the delayed blitzes where Devin will be in his linebacker role, wait a second or two, and then go after the quarterback. But I, I am curious with what you said about the offensive line, I guess not being worried about the the front four of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think obviously Todd Bowles loves to send the house, especially now with Antoine Winfield Jr. playing nickel right. corner and uh, lining up more at the line of scrimmage. I love when he goes after the quarterback. But one of the best defensive games the Bucks played in the Todd Bowles era, of course, was that Super Bowl against the Chiefs where they didn't really blitz much at all, and they just relied on Shaq Barrett getting after the quarterback. So I'm curious, when you have great QBs like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, um, they know how to beat like every single type of blitz. So do you think it would almost help the Bucs in this situation to not blitz Aaron Rodgers as much because he's seen a little bit of everything? Or this defense has just been so good, you're going to go with your strength no matter what, no matter who it is? Well, they've forced him into eight interceptions in the last four. Yeah. You said that, you know, nine sack, you know, it, it's, they've had a lot of success. I think ideally, if you could ask every defensive coordinator or head coach in the National Football League, if you can get home with four, are you ever going to blitz anybody? They'd say, no, hell no. You know, we're, we're going we're to go back and run some right. exotic coverages. We're, we're not going to blitz anyone. We don't need to. But mm. the re- And I say that there's a healthy respect for your defensive line. Yeah, Shaq saying, Barrett's pretty good. He yeah, yeah. There's a healthy respect for your defensive line. I, my point to you is they're not going in the first thing. Like, the, the offensive quarter is not going in the fir- on Wednesday and saying, we got to stop Shaq Barrett. If we don't stop him, he's going to wreck the game. They're going the top yeah. bull defense runs these, these exotic blitzes. They put eight at the line. If you don't figure it out, like we're in a lot of trouble. That's what they're talking about. That's my only point. Shaq Barrett's great. Vita Vey is great. Like I would, I would hate to, me personally. I would hate to have to block Vita Vey. I was a guard <laughs> at like 295, but he would murder me. <laughs> yeah, who was so, who was some of the the toughest uh, opponents for you or individual players that you know you had to go up against? 
when I was young, I was coming up, and and so the NFC, I, I don't remember if it was North or Central, whatever. But we had Tampa, so we had Tampa, Minnesota, Detroit, and uh, Chicago. So like twice a year, I had to play Warren Sap. Oh, yeah. I had to play John Randall twice. I had to play Luther Ellis twice, and Sean Rogers. <laughs> and like we got we got like the week off because we had to play uh, we had to play tractor trailer and Keith Washington in Chicago, and they can't pass rush. But then they drafted Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson, and Tommy could play. Yeah. Man, those guys could play. So that that division was ridiculous for a while. And uh, I was just talking on another show. I mean, John Randall's like a bowling ball with knives. Like John Randall would. <laughs> He'd like beat you and then he'd like spin back into you and then he'd like beat you again. So you'd lose like twice on the same rush and you just feel like you feel like the biggest, like most useless piece of junk in the world. It's like, dude, the guy just beat me twice and he still may or may not get to the quarterback. But like most guys have one move like Warren Sapp would even be this way. If if you got him to do his chop club rip and which was hard, but like let's say you shot your hands and you got him with a chop club rip. He was either going to stop or start bulling like there wasn't going to be like, you know, a, a stab rip duck under or something like that or ghost rush randall just had like moves keep it was like a a, a gumball machine of moves man they just keep coming out different colors like what the hell are we gonna get this time inside spin outside spin chop club rip everything and he was awesome. he just had so much energy and power to him no oh, give me going give up, me i have goosebumps right sorry now. yeah then didn't uh didn't mean to <laughs> going up against you down a bad trailer road. Trailer in Washington. What was that like? I mean, those guys awesome. next to each other are just mountains. Did you remember when? I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, I don't remember. How, I don't know how old you are, but back in the day, like we we be warming up in Chicago, and you know, like Erlacher and Lance Briggs. Like for us, Lance Briggs was the stud on that team, right? Yeah, yeah. But we'd look over and like Washington and Trailer would be doing like the wave dance together and stuff. Like, <laughs> dude, they were like their warm ups were all just like fat man dancing, and they were actually really fun to play against. Because if you're an offensive lineman, there's like kind of two things you think about, right? The run game and the pass game. Well, the pass game is where you get fired. Right. That's that's where everybody talks about, right? Like yeah. like when I give up a sack, I might my front I'm in the front page of the paper for the wrong reason. If I get beat in the run game, you know, we might yeah. care internally, but nobody else cares. Right. Those two don't pass rush at all. So for us, it was like 50% of the plays are like a playoff. We could care less. <laughs> they didn't want to get off the line of scrimmage. They just wanted to hold their gap. So we actually love playing against those kind of guys, uh, contrary to popular belief. Now, a guy like Vita Vea, who doesn't mind bro rushing you, like he'll bro rush you for like a full five yards. Not as did much you, fun. Did you play against Vince Wolfork? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. What was he? What was because to me, he's like he's the closest player in recent history, I think, that it's similar to Avita Vea, you know, a no, big guy, nose tackle, got speed athleticism, and get after the quarterback. I mean, not Vince Wolfork was a different animal, I'm not like saying, but like I think Vita's, I think Vita's like I would, I would much rather block Vince Wolfork than Vita Vea, really. Oh, not and not even close, not even, yeah. Wow. And, and like I have respect, like everybody who played in the league, I have a lot of respect for, right? Of but, course, but Vita Vea is. You can just see like that, like Pacific Islander, like <laughs> strength all of a sudden. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like I have like, I have like friends that are Tongan and I'm just like, oh, like, I, like as soon as you see them, something happens in their eye and they just pick me up and throw me through the window. <laughs> and like, he's just got that, he's just got that ability to move humans more than other humans can. Yeah. And Vince was great. And he had, you know, he was kind of, a lot of those big guys, if they kind of beat you laterally off the line, then they might get you. But once they figure out they can't, it doesn't matter. Vita, you see him. He just like, he'll take that, that, that step to the left or right. And he doesn't really care if he beats you or not. Like in his mind, he won. And so he's <laughs> just, he's just, he's continuing to bowl. And I've never seen a guy um, get like less stats, but have more of an impact in the past game than Vita Vita does. 
Yeah, that's that's a really great point. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Packers defense. Uh, but first, a quick message from one of our new sponsors, Seminole Hard Rock of Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara, and I want over $500,000 playing fly. I do this full-time, and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Hard Rock in Tampa. We'll be doing some live shows there, so keep an eye out for that. Mike, you've given us so much great insight already. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Packers defense. It seems like up front, when they do get to the quarterback, uh, it's been coming from two guys, really, with, uh, with Preston Smith and, and Rashawn Gary. Of course, they have a Pro Bowl a D tackle as well um is that really the case that they're really just relying on on these on these two guys at first to get after the quarterback and uh you know filling up the rest as it goes kenny clark's got like 10 pressures in two games right he's <laughs> he's killing people he just doesn't have a sack yet so nobody's talking about it yeah but he's just absolutely like if you put him one-on-one with the center it's a big problem kenny was amazing last year he's like just keeps getting better He's a he's an amazing football player. Um, he's just such a disruptive force in the run game. Guys are really having to double team him every play now. Rashawn Gary is that guy um, that we, we were trying to talk about it earlier. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa's offensive coordinator came in. It's like we really got or this line coach. Like we got a game plan for Rashawn Gary, except mm. for the fact that you guys have an all pro at right tackle. <laughs> but Rashawn Gary is a game plan caliber guy. I think for everybody, but like, that's my matchup to watch this week is Tristan Wirfs versus Rashawn Gary. Um, he's a guy that I would expect to have uh, at least a sack a game. Um, if he, once he figures out to just go, you know, st straight speed to power every time and, and work that one move off of whatever the, the tackle decides to do or come inside and beat the guard. He's, he's just an explosive force. He works extremely hard. He's just got the right tangibles and intangibles. I love watching him. He's great in the run game as well. Preston Smith, um, he's got some numbers right now. He he's an incredible run player. Last year he was like he was maybe ranked in the top two or three run defenders at the outside linebacker position for most of the season. He's ended up kind of walking into a couple of sacks this year. You still got to make the play, but I think a lot of it was a kind of a consequence of a, you know a, a broken play once, and then Rashawn Gary getting a couple of pressures and pushing him over the top. But but Preston's got a little pass rush to him. Um, if Donovan Smith's in there, that'll be a good matchup as well. Uh, I, I really think, you know, for this game, kind of seeing who you have inside, I just don't see – I think Shaq Mason coming over, having Dante Scarnecchia coming from the Patriots for a couple of years is a good player. I think you'll I think you'll have a hard time blocking Kenny. He's he's a really, really special athlete. Yeah, Brady said he's going to be the one of the biggest, you know, problems at defensive line. You know, he's going to play all season long. What about that secondary? I, I was a big fan of Razul Douglas. They brought him back on a really nice contract for 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 the Packers. And uh, what what's that secondary look like? How have they been playing? Obviously, no Mike Evans. How big of his how big of his a difference maker is that going to be? 
Well, for you guys, Mike Evans is the guy. I mean, he's he's yeah. the security blanket. He's the go-to guy, especially right now. Um, I, Tom Brady's overcome worse, certainly, but I, it's a big. I think it's a huge loss for Tampa. When you watch that, you watch that Saints game. Like, it's, where does his eyes go every time they need a big play? It's they're they're going to him. Um, our secondary, on paper, I think our defense on paper should be top. You know, top three, top five. Um, even though we only gave up 10 to the bears last week, like, I don't think anybody was really satisfied with the performance as far as guys in the locker room, because of the amount of yards they gave up on the ground and they, you know, yards yeah. per carry was really high. They're playing against a guy who I mean, Justin Fields dropped back 14 times during the game. Guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not even a real, that's not, it's like a high school football game. Yeah. Uh, that is was somewhere I won't see this week. So Jerry Alexander is coming back this year. Obviously he's got that huge contract. Um, he, He's certainly a ball hawk. You know, he made a he made a play last week, but he, he's also missed a couple tackles. Both safeties missed more tackles than we're used to seeing last week versus Montgomery and those guys down in, in Chicago. And uh, you know, listen, I think the strength of our defense is the is really the box. I think some people might think, but the box defense with um, Devondre Campbell at all pro linebacker, and then those three guys we got up front, and Mean Dean Lowry playing that other defensive tackle position. Quay Walker's coming in as a rookie. You know, he doesn't take on a block maybe as, as well as he will in two or three years, but he's certainly got the athleticism coming from that SEC Georgia's, you know, Bulldogs program. And he can certainly kind of get sideline to sideline and track guys down. So that matchup inside with Fournette and understanding what you guys are going to want to do in the run game, I think is going to be super interesting this week. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, you rattled off so many great things about the the Packers defense. And I, I agree with you. I, I think it is fun you know, watching their secondary. But if there was a weakness to this Packers defense, like how should the Bucs go about uh, attacking them? Well, listen, based on last week, if you can get past our box seven, you're going to run for a long time. They did a really poor job of tackling. I'm talking about our secondary did a really poor job yeah. of tackling last week. And, and anytime you have a guy give, you know, anytime a team gives up 180 yards on the ground, like there's a lot of people missing tackles. And, and certainly – that was that was unfortunately the case, and that's something that we saw last year and kind of going into the offseason, something that we were hoping would be remedied by now. Um, with Again, I think this is difficult because you don't have the production, at least historical production, at the receiver position that you're, you're used to with Chris Godwin right. being injured, Mike Evans. You don't have Gronk anymore. Scotty Miller can play, though, right? Like, Scotty Miller showed up on field everywhere, and that's a guy that can kind of test our defense. I think both – defensive back units are prone to have their eyes in the backfield a little bit longer than they need to because they're both pretty confident in their ability and so i think there's plays to be made through you know through play action pass and you know, turning yeah. the quick game into into a kind of a shadow game that goes into the medium and, and deeper passes deeper crosses i'd love to see ours on our side i'd love to see christian watson take a couple post routes against your quarters coverage or bracket coverage and see what happens um yeah i'm i'm, I'm certain that you know scotty miller and gage are both looking at those pockets of empty space between the uh, corners and the safeties and, and our shell defense that looked pretty appetizing over the last couple of weeks. So they, I, if, if it was me, I would attack the passing game, you know, quite frankly. Yeah. It was open for talking about the Bucks defense. Like the, the saints kept trying to go deep with Chris Olave. Jameis just wasn't able to hit him until late in the game. And then he fumbled yeah. it. And that was like a, a whole nother situation. So yeah, I could totally see the Packers going, uh, you know, that way in that direction. I just have two more questions for you. And uh, I, I really appreciate your time. And JC, if you, if you have another, uh, feel free to yeah. chime in after I ask this one, but you know, one of the big things obviously in the Bucks saints game was the fact that backup 
left tackle Josh Wells left, and then Brandon Walton came in and, and did a pretty solid job. But for you as a former offensive lineman, how tough is that when a guy goes down, you're bringing an offensive lineman fresh off the bench coming in? Like, how tough is that to build that continuity and that chemistry and and make sure that you're all on the same page, like in literally like the drop of a hat because it could happen at any moment? The one thing that showed up, I think, for me in that in that last game with all those guys going down with injury was like how well coached your offensive line is. Like for the third string left tackle to be in the game and yeah, like your offensive line played pretty well. I mean, it really did play especially they, pass blocking. Yeah, they played pretty well. I mean, maybe the run game could be better. They could get some more movement, but they they played pretty well, and that's a testament to how how hard they work and how well they're coached. I think it depends on the guy, but. You know, for me, it's actually harder. Like, it's easier to come in in the second half of a game and just finish the game than it is to know on Monday that you're going to be playing on Sunday and you're the third string guy. Like, I think that's harder because you have you mm. just have all this time to think about it. Now the other team can like catch the clips of if, if your pass sets are flat or if you miss with your hands. Like, I can study you a little bit more. Like, I know nothing about you from a defensive end perspective. <laughs> when you came in the game. So I'm probably just going to try doing the same stuff I do against everybody else. Whereas now I can, I can watch you a little bit and I'm going to know your weaknesses and I'm going to know why you're a third string player. And so it just depends on the mentality of that guy. And then the mentality, the mentality of the opponent that he's playing against. My question here is more sticking along the offensive line. Uh, it's a two part of the first part is you're drafting a supplemental draft. What was that process? Like it's much different than the, than the real draft. And, and then, you were tackling college and you moved wow. into guard now somewhat, right? Na Naval Academy, Naval Academy tackle is like a, a tight end anywhere. Cause we're on option offense. Right. You know what I mean? So like what I really was, was uh, uh, an athlete. Like we didn't, we didn't have, a, I never pass blocked in my life until we went to, I was at Greenville. <laughs> well, still, <laughs> uh, you know, moving yeah. from, from that tackle spot to that guard spot. Now your, your move wasn't as extreme. You stayed on the left side. Luke Gedeke is making that switch from, from you know the right side to the left side, left guard position. What is that switch like? What have you? I mean, I'm sure you watched it and you're looking at the offensive line because you were an offensive lineman. What have you seen from him? And what's that switch like moving from tackle to guard? How difficult is it? Uh, I think tackle to guard is easier than guard to tackle. Oh. Honestly, yeah, yeah, because the, everything happens faster inside, and the guys are are stronger, but they're not as athletic, and there's not as much space. So I think just for those reasons, that's why you see a lot of really good left tackles like Jonathan Ogden, Laramie Tunzel. Those guys started their career. They just play left guard for a year to get used to the game, and then they move them back out. Um, yeah, their whole line is just well coached. I mean, that's that's I think the most the biggest compliment I can give those guys. They look like they all know what they're doing at the same time, which is you know very honestly pretty rare in this league. Um, and for to have young guys playing, to have all these injuries, it's uh, it, it's a testament to how hard they they must they must push each other in practice and the standards they hold themselves to. Like that to me is is the fun part of the. I mean, I'm an offensive lineman, but that to me is kind of the fun part of the game to watch. Is like, can you play a young guy? Can you can you put a third string tackling? Can they still perform? Like, because that that speaks volumes on what kind of locker room they really have and what kind of room that is in particular with their offensive line. The supplemental draft stuff, if you're interested, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's a blind auction, right? It's a Dutch auction. So basically each team looks at you and goes, I'll take uh, I'll take Johnny in when our pick are like, you know, if it's the 2022 uh, season, they'll go in our, in our 2023 draft. I'll take I'll give you our fourth round pick for him. And then, you know, Giants come in and say, oh, I'll save the third round pick. And then they start projecting, you know, which third round pick is higher and whoever has the highest pick gets you. So it's just like 
you go to a Dutch auction and you buy a car and you spend too much money on the car. You feel great because you got the car, but then they look at me and they look at the draft pick they gave up and they go, oh, I got bamboozled. Right? <laughs> so that's absolutely, did that's they absolutely see, wild. That's great. Do they, so does, do you see everyone who like bid on you after that? Like, do you know that? Or the, does the team know that? I'm, so like they gave up a second round pick. Do yeah. they know if someone gave up like, you know, a, a fourth round pick and they could have given up a third round to get so, like, yeah. So all the, well, so remember it's 1998, right? So right. I don't know. It's okay. like no social media or anything, but, mm. but back then, like, you know, teams talk and, and the consensus was that I was going to be a high third round pick. And, and so wh whether that was with, you know, the giants, the who knows what other team that was going to be, but um, you know, the Packers had just gone to two Super Bowls. And so they right. knew they were like, you know, a high a third round pick is just a low second for them because they were going to be right. the, you know, 30th, yeah. you know, 30th pick in the draft or whatever. Wow. So they just said, you know, Ron Wolf, Ron Wolf's from Annapolis. He likes military guys. I, right. I lucked out, man. I mean, honestly, I, I, I had a good combine. I lucked out. It was Ron Wolf just liking military guys is what got me to Green Bay. And you walk into a locker room that has. Leroy Butler, Reggie White, Santana yeah. Dotson, Gilbert Brown, Mark Jamura, Frank Winters. Oh, Brett Favre, three-time MVP. Dorsey <laughs> right. Levins. You know what I mean? Just Antonio Freeman. I'm like, is this is this must this is what Valhalla looks like? This is pretty good around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you just you got to get your foot in the door, and then yeah. and then you know you, you did the rest. And um, my last question for I just, you, I just, Mike. Well, I just oh, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did, Bel did Belichick ever try to get you? We know he loves Navy guys too. He's a huge. Yeah. Navy so guy. I'll tell you a funny. If you have a second, so the yeah. reason, yeah. the way I got kind of found out, I was at Navy. It was my junior year, and his dad, Steve, used to coach at yeah. Navy, right? So, so Steve still had a he still had a desk like in the hall or you know in an office, and he would just kind of scout for Bill and do some other stuff. But he was still involved in football. I don't know if he was officially part of the Naval Academy or not, but <laughs> like they respected him enough to have to have a desk, right? So, so as the story goes, we, all of a sudden these these teams start coming. They're they're looking at, supposedly they're looking at David Vidger, one of our senior defensive tackles. Turns out they were looking at me because Steve had called Bill and said, "Hey, there's a guy down here that I think is going to be as good as or better than Max Lane, who was the last Naval Academy guy, played right tackle for the Patriots. Reggie clubbed him three times yeah. for the sacks in the Super Bowl. Claim to fame. What a, what a great claim to fame. But so so then Bill so Bill calls." Um, his agent, Neil Cornrich, Neil calls me, says, I'm flying down on Saturday, buys me an ice cream and tells me that he's going to be my agent. I'm going to the NFL. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I thought I was going to the Canadian football league. I, I had a, a contract with the Edmonton Eskimos for 42,000 Canadian plus a guaranteed bar job in the off season. Try to beat that. <laughs> so, so Steve was just, so you kind of owed the Belichick's a little bit, you know, for, for setting that all have, up. I would have loved at any point, obviously to go, you know, play for Bill Belichick, you know, fetch water for Bill Belichick, yeah. just do anything around them, man. Cause I've, I've had a couple conversations with him and I, every time you walk away, you go, Oh, he's a lot smarter than I am. You know, and, and any, <laughs> I think anytime you're in a conversation, you go, Oh, that guy's a lot smarter than me. Like I, I just, I'm always very, very curious about what makes them tick. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a New England guy originally, so I, I figured I'd tie that in your Navy. You know, I figured I, I knew that. So, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. He plays, you know, he plays dumb and all, all of his things. But, I mean, there's guys a genius. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Yeah, Mike, my, my, my last question for you before we get your game prediction. Obviously, we have a – we're a Bucks podcast, a lot of Bucks fans in the chat here and everything. Uh, just your experience playing at Raymond James Stadium. Is the heat legit, you know, for a player? What, what was it like for you uh, playing there? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and – 
I probably we probably should have started off the conversation with like the the, it, the game is going to be about the heat. It's going to be about the yes. temperature and can the Packers <laughs> handle it, and then it's going to be about right. the Todd Bowles heat and can Aaron Rodgers handle the heat that's coming <laughs> off the edge, right? Because it is. I I played in Miami. Um, I coached in Miami for a number of years, and and just down there in in Florida, especially in September, early October, like the heat is real. It has an effect on people that are coming from a northern climate. I Raymond James Stadium to me is like one of the best places to play, and wow. it's not just because. Um, we get to go down to Tampa, which is an awesome city in itself early, but you know, the guns going off the crowd, the, yeah. the atmosphere. <laughs> and I was in there in the heyday when the bucks were really, really good. And they had Lynch and, and they had Brooks and sap and all those guys. And it was, God, it was, it was a fun. And every, you know, every time saps going after Favre, So then we're playing offensive yeah. line and, then they had the game where he knocked Chad Clifton sideways. I was going to ask you about that. Well, okay, so that yeah, so that whole thing, like, I'll briefly sum that up. And and when we saw it, we all kind of went, like, we're not mad at Warren. We would have done the same thing to him if he was lollygagging down the field. Like, Chad's my boy, but like, he wasn't known to be chasing the ball very hard on a on a turnover. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one thing you got to know with Warren Saps on the field is, man, you may put your head on a swivel because someone's going to go get you. Right, that's so true. Does the jersey color matter? Like the Bucks always yeah, try to wear those. Yeah, lighters. it does. Yeah, it, it really does. Matters. Yeah, it definitely does, man. Like if you're wearing a dark color, it just feels hotter. It really, it really. Does. I don't. I mean, I know there's some science behind it, but I like to me, it's like it might as well be placebo. But if you tell us we're wearing like dark jerseys, everyone's like, oh. that's, <laughs> the worst. That's, that's the worst. That's awesome. All right, Mike, if you please could uh, give us your prediction for the game on Sunday between the Bucks and the Packers. What's is the spread at one and a half still? Let me check. Yeah, I, I think it was at two and a half, and I think it dropped to one and a half. I I tell you what, man i I didn't want to make a I didn't make a prediction on our show because I'm terrible with predictions. Uh, I would say this: if the spreads one and a half, I'll take the spread. I'll take Packers with the spread because I don't know what the game's going to look like, but I feel like that I feel like it's going to be really close. Yeah, I see it at one point as the yeah Bucks, one point uh, God, one point favorite. It's going to be a good game. Listen, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think you're right. It's going to be a slugfest. Um, if we get if we can get Aaron Jones going and and AJ later in the game as it is getting hotter, uh, I think we have a real chance to be successful. I think if if Todd Bowles is down, if the Blitz are getting home early, then Tampa's going to have a good day. Very, very interesting. Well, Mike, you've been very gracious with your time. Thank yes, you thanks. so much for joining us uh, as a former offensive lineman as well. It's great talking with the offensive lineman. Only high school football, though. Not center. Yeah, center. Anything more <laughs> than that. Is. Left tackle. Um, Smartest but anyway, uh, please plug uh, any any information, any other things you got going on. Yeah, and, of thanks. course, let them know where they can find you on social media. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Amon Green and I run an On My Block podcast, Packers podcast. You can find that anywhere you get your stuff. I run a process to perform podcast. It's about player development. So aspiring athletes, parents, players, and coaches, if you're interested in kind of that model and, and learning more about that movement and what's going on in the, in the youth world and the aspiring athlete world, we talk a lot about kind of headspace, how to get your mind right, uh, how to become a technical master, and how to make ownership decisions, which are like the you know, decisions in the best interest of future you. Check out Process to Perform. You can find that anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit me up, MikeWall68 on Twitter or Process to Perform on Instagram. Thank you again, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Mike Wall, ladies and gentlemen. I can thank talk you. To you for a, a whole yeah. podcast, hours. You know, that was awesome. Thank you so much yeah, for your time. We absolutely could. And uh, yeah, again, big thanks to Mike for joining the show. And of course, want to remind everyone that we have the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show 
presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at Walk-Ons coming up this Sunday. It'll be going on two hours before kickoff. So it's a 425 kickoff. We'll be going live at 2.30 at the Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel. We'll have John Gilmore in the mix once again. Uh, Bailey Adams will be involved this time. Very excited to have Bailey uh, on the show. Doing a lot of great things behind the scenes. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to break down every single kind of matchup that we can possibly get to between Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the offensive lines, the very talented running backs. We're going to get into all of that. Again, walk-ons in Wesley Chapel at 2.30. Come by, say hello, enjoy some of their great, fantastic food. It's going to be a very fun time. And then stay with us because the Pewter Game Day show presented by Celsius will be going on at 425 live in-game reactions and analysis. It'll be myself and it's the return of Paul Atwal. I know you guys love Paul. He's got so much great uh, insight and info, the way that he watches tape and uh, watches the game. I'm very excited to get that going on with him. So yeah, join us pregame, postgame, or during the game. And then we will have the Peter postgame as well for Bucks versus Packers. And JC, as we start to uh wind things down here, that was a great interview with oh, Mike. Awesome. Uh, I I didn't totally know either about the like, oh, the, the jersey color really matters when you're yeah. playing the game. So that was a really good question there. Yeah, and before we we because we still need to answer the question of the show. Um, the Bucks injury report just dropped. So yeah, there were a few a- uh changes on that, Matt. Uh, Carlton Davis, who was limited with a hip injury yesterday, was a full participant today. Uh, same thing with Robert Hainsey, who was limited with a knee, a full participant. Scotty Miller with a calf injury was a full participant. And as we discussed at the top of the show, Donovan Smith was a limited participant there. Um, and kind of something I alluded to talking to him, David Bakhtiari finally made his first uh, you know, progression towards potentially playing. I just still don't think he plays Sunday, but he was a limited participant. Kenny Clark, who we talked to at length there yeah. uh, with a groin injury, was added to the list as a limited participant. Um, we'll see if that's just something like he's having a maintenance day or whatnot. Um, and Mason Crosby's got an illness. So big, big loss if their kicker can't go. They do have a guy on the practice squad, but if you can't get over that illness by Sunday, that will be something to monitor. So still status quo with Leonard Fournette uh, and Russell Gage as limited participants. Uh, same thing with, with Godwin, Hicks, and Julio, and also Kate Otten uh, did not participate. Kate Otten is more of a per- personal thing, we found out, than anything um, you know, injury-wise. And uh, still full participation for Zion McCollum, who's coming off that injury that had him limited uh, and, and not participating all offseason. So uh, some update on there. But Matt, question of the show is, can the Bucks win without Mike Evans? I'm very curious to hear your response and if you think they can pull that off. Yeah, it is a very good question, which I will answer. But first do want to remind you guys to go to underdog fantasy, go and make your picks. JC, I hit a great four person pick them on what? Monday night, $14 ended up winning 140. Nice. I did. I uh, what, did, what did I pick? I picked um, Josh Allen over 312 total yards, which he hit in the third quarter. Derrick Henry to score a touchdown. It's over a half a touchdown. So essentially, Derrick right. Henry scored a touchdown, which he was the only guy that did anything for the Titans in that game <laughs> offensively. Right. And then in the other Monday night games, I did over nine rushing attempts, 
with Jalen Hurts, which uh, he surpassed. And I did over a half an interception, so pretty much betting on an interception uh, of Kirk Cousins, and he had three of them. So I was a big winner on Underdog Fantasy, which was I'm totally to awesome. Copy and, uh, your, your lineups because yeah. mine did not do well. I lost both of them. I even bought the insurance on one of them to win uh, ten for a hundred dollars or whatnot. I did not do well. I did not trust in Brady. I had him, you know, point five <laughs> over for an interception. I was like, well, he's done it every other game, and that kind of kind of killed me. And then this a sloppy play of the four o'clock games. Just, you know, just yeah, just it, it was all pocket. over the place. But of course, underdog is the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. Uh, pick an over or under or your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Uh, they keep it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip. Get every pick right, like I did. Take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City math, you can understand that. So, uh, you know, there is a game tonight, so make sure you're using uh, Underdog Fantasy. Once again, that promo code is Pewter. JC, to answer the question, can they win without um, Mike Evans? Want to address this real quick? No, you could do it with Underdog Fantasy and another sponsor of ours that we'll be getting to in a little bit. But, yeah, you can do it in the state of Florida. So no worries there. So make sure you use promo code Pewter. You can get it going. Do I think the Bucs can win without Mike Evans? Yes, in the short term. But to go a little bit longer than that, long term, yeah, I think if for this game, I meant long term for this game with the Packers. Um, they have to get the run game going with Leonard Fournette. Does it have to be the 152 rushing yards and the 127 by Leonard in Week One against the Cowboys? No, it doesn't. But if they find themselves in a same issue where fourth and one they're not converting, third and one they're not getting it done, uh, it's going to be. Major, major problems. I think they have to set themselves up in third and short because they did an okay job converting on third downs. And I really think that's going to be the name of the game. But I want to see a little bit more of Leonard Fournette in the passing game. Uh, obviously, he was he was huge with that last season. But you're right, JC. We have not seen that a lot this year. They tried to screen with him last game, but it went incomplete. He dropped it. Obviously, Rashad White had a drop. Um, it's really just been a committee of receivers occasionally making a play, whether it was the Perryman touchdown. Uh, Scotty had a couple on third down, but was targeted so many times. And Russell Gage isn't making a catch that's more than five yards. So I really think you have to get Leonard Fournette involved. Um, and you're going to, of course, you're going to rely on that defense. You're just going to hope that they keep doing what they do, obviously backed by having the home crowd with them and a good history against Aaron Rodgers. You get after him. Shaq Barrett does his thing. Antoine Winfield Jr. I think is going to be great. And then Devin White and Levante David obviously go crazy at linebacker. It has to be that, you know, one of those games where either both teams barely get 20 or like one team doesn't even score 20 points. I think that's kind of what we're looking at for this game. I'm not going to give a prediction because you can get our predictions tomorrow on pewterport.com in the uh, Peter preview. Right. And I think with Mike Evans, what they're going to miss Mike Evans more is the presence of Mike Evans, that that guy on the outside that's going to draw coverages and everything like that. You look at his production over the last two games, he's only had four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown, which was a big touchdown. But, you know, he hasn't been the guy who's blown up. You know, that's been Chris Godwin or Rob Gronkowski 
uh, those guys. So I think in order for them, obviously getting the ground game going, getting Leonard Fournette more active in the passing game, uh, you know, he's been very underrated for what he's been doing in the passing game as in pass protection. It's been absolutely stellar. Um, you know, we know that big hit that he gave on Micah Parsons, but other than that, he's also had some just very, very, very important and key yeah. blocks. I think it's going to be Russell Gage. I think it's got to be Russell Gage. He's got to step up in that slot position and, and fill that role that, um, you know, Chris Godwin has filled and fill kind of filled that role a little bit that, that Gronk has filled as that option that's underneath. So that safety valve type, um, if he can't get going and he struggles the last two games, then I think it's going to be tougher. Um, then, then it should be to win this football game. I think the Bucks have the better defense. Well, I think Green Bay has a very good defense. I think the Bucks have a better offense right now, even dealing with the, with the struggles. I think their offensive line is better. Um, I, maybe you give the slight push, you know, to Aaron. Oh, I think we may have lost JC there, but that's all right because this gives me the perfect opportunity to tell you guys about pin chasers. Guys, it's more than just going to uh, a night out, uh, going to a bowling alley. Uh, it's a fun night out with friends and family. Uh, the food's very underrated from the pizza to the nachos to the chicken tendies. Um, obviously, they have so many different deals, whether it's all-you-can-eat pizza, all-you-can-bowl, brunch on the weekends. Uh, so many great different deals. Dollar beers, of course, as well. So go to pinchasers.net. Find out where there's a deal that works for you because there will be one. And, of course... You could book your kid's birthday party there as well. And, um, you know, they got the video game area so the kids can bowl, play some video games. And I know the holidays aren't coming up until December, but start planning your company Christmas party or Hanukkah party, whatever you celebrate, your company holiday party at Pin Chasers. Start signing up sooner rather than later because they fill up very quick. That's pinchasers.net. Find out what deals that they have and uh, have a great time over there. JC, you cut out for a little bit, which is why I want to tell everyone about our friends at Pin Chasers. But uh, what was the last part that you were trying to? Yeah, I was just there? saying that, you know, if, if they're going, I think they can win without Mike Evans. Um, he's been a huge part of why they've won games, even if he hasn't been a statistical monster. And like I said, you know, four catches six for 61 yards and a touchdown against the last two outings hasn't been huge production, but what he does for everybody else is, is, is certainly going to be missed. And it's going to take everybody else stepping up, establishing that running game like you spoke about and getting everybody utilized in that passing game uh, from the backs to the tight ends, which haven't really been utilized as much in the last two games. We haven't seen many uh, throws to the tight ends of the running backs. And I think that needs to pick up with your, with your top guys. Yeah. I, I think their best players are going to have to play their best when you go up against great opponents uh which we will see with the the bucks and the packers so it's going to be a very exciting game love watching football you of course can watch football tonight as well the browns are playing against the steelers and uh you know we talked a lot about walk-ons where the peter report tailgate show is uh definitely recommend going to walk-ons and watching tonight's game if you want to because they have tvs air uh, tvs everywhere in the area whether you're going to the Wesley Chapel one or the Midtown one. And it'd be important to watch this game tonight. The Bucs obviously play the Steelers in a couple of weeks and the Browns much later in the season. Uh, you could also bet on this game if you wanted to. And uh, the best place to go and bet on that would be with my bookie and mybookie.ag. Uh, you know football and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them 
at my bookie. Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlays. Uh, parlay multiple games together to increase your payouts. Uh, there's low contest entry fees and over a half million to be won. Uh, make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is very easy. Just use the promo code pewter at mybookie.ag on your first deposit to secure double a deposit bonus. That's double deposit bonus. Use promo code pewter. Get your first deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. Even if you learn from Plant City, man, you can figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and simple to win. And of course, you can do this again in the state of Florida. So make this your winning season. That's why I'm talking to you. Your winning season at mybookie.ag. Uh, promo code pewter. I believe it was a four and a half point spread the last time I looked with the Browns and the Steelers. I think I'm going to take the Steelers at plus four and a half. And the over-under is 39 and a half. I know we were talking about like Bucks, Packers, both teams might not get to 20. I think that's going to be the case for the game tonight. You know, I don't see both teams scoring 20. So I think I'm going to take the under in that one. Yeah, best, especially with both of those quarterbacks. But it also gives us, you know, gives Bucks fans and give us a nice little preview of two teams that are going to play later down in the season. When the Steelers, the first game coming up with the Browns, obviously they'll have a different quarterback at the helm. But still, a little sneak peek of what that defense and what's well. Deshaun Watson, his last game suspended, will be against the Bucks, so the Bucks will be avoiding Deshaun Watson. One more bit of news: we're running long on this show, uh, but former Bucks outside linebacker JPP Jason Pierre-Paul actually signed with the Ravens today and got a pretty good deal. Um, So that's something to keep a lookout for. Obviously, the Bucks and the Ravens play on Thursday night football, but. We're paying more attention to Bucks versus Packers this week. We'll get to Bucks Ravens when that game comes about. So remember, we will have the Pewter Report tailgate show at 2.30 on Sunday, live at Walk-Ons. The Pewter Game Day show with Paul Atwal and myself, me and Paul, uh, the return of Paul, I should say, um, during it. And then we'll have the Pewter Post Game show after the game is done, where we break down everything that happened in Bucks first Packers. So a lot more great content that uh, will be coming up soon. So for JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching and listening. And we will see you on Sunday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.